Hey guys, welcome to another episode of AA for Entrepreneurs. I am Drew. I'm Adam, and we are here with PNR Strategies, Chris and Rhiannon. How are y'all today? Doing very well, guys. Thanks for having us. <laughs> Doing great. Thank you. <laughs> well, I knew I was going to get suckered into this. I just remember there are downfalls. <laughs> That's right. He's a gentleman. He's a gentleman. I am. In hindsight, maybe we should have just like propped something here that both of you could like talk into. But Okay, we'll share. We'll It'll be, be good. Right. We'll be good. Chris yeah. will be a good mic holder. But, you know, <laughs> it depends on which half of the Gemini comes out, but yeah. yeah. <laughs> I love it, man. So tell us a little bit about yourselves and then about what y'all do. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I was going to say, do you want to start? You got the mic. All right, I got the mic. So, um, yeah, you know, I'm Chris Pagel. Everybody knows me as Pagel because you'll meet a million Chrises, but I'll be the Pagel, the only Pagel you know. Um, True. Yeah. Um, started in the cannabis industry or started as a cannabis enthusiast a really long time ago, uh, back when I stole my first bit of bud from my parents. Uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> Love you. Thank you. It was good. Um, so been an advocate for it ever since then, really. I was always the guy who had bud on me wherever I went, kind of like sharing it freely and openly with everybody. Because, you know, it brought good times. I still to this day use the line good times vibes and highs because that's something i've been you know putting out there for 20 it's years true. It's so true. um and then got into um entrepreneur entrepreneurship here in the industry about three years back and um that's when my business professional relationship here with Rianne and started to develop more um, we had been friends for quite a few years before that and um, now we are moved on to our pnr strategies our joint effort it's super exciting and She's she's my Fun best friend and business partner, so uh, it's been it's been a great ride so far. Nice, Erin. How about yourself? Well, for myself, thank you for the mic. <laughs> You're not getting it back now. <laughs> um, well, for myself, um, I actually was in the healthcare industry and uh, was raised by my grandparents. My grandpa was a police officer, war on drugs. So he actually, back when the day was chopping down the plants and everything along those lines, bringing home a little stem for me to use as a slingshot. <laughs> My grandma's like, Joe, what are you doing? <laughs> so, yeah. so ever since I was a little kid, I was taught about cannabis and how horrible it is. So I was raised that way. Um, and then growing up, I went to a Jesuit high school and a Catholic grade school. And after doing that, I went into healthcare because I'm very compassionate. I love to help people. I love to see their lives change. And so I did that, and I'm an actual uh, certified Ecotech. I do ultrasound of the heart. Mm. And uh, I did that for seven years and then moved from Houston up here to Massachusetts after being in an IT startup in the industry for about two and a half years and then made a switch just recently to PNR Strategies with this guy. Hey. So it's been, it's been a long trip from Washington State to Texas to Massachusetts all over, but it's worth it. It's part of the game. Yeah, it sounds like a voyage. It is. So if you could tell uh, our viewers, what does is, what is your company do? Our company does a lot of awesome, great things. Um, what first I like to emphasize on is community and bringing people together, networking. We know a lot of people in this awesome community, and what we want to try to do is bring them together, help them connect, and grow, specifically in a ton of different ways. Again, pun intended. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's building off of a lot of the experience we had originally. Um, we offer business, um, startup, and event consulting. Um, so, you know, I mean, over our time, we have helped, I don't know, five, 600 businesses, um, you know, move through 
breaking out into the cannabis space. Um, we've been helping them out with the permits and things that they need to get, um, recommendations on diversifying business and brand development. So now we're bringing those skill sets you know, to a one-on-one -on -one level. And we're also doing a lot of work with our marketing and advertisements. Um, and that's around those community partners that Rhiannon was talking about. And I mean, you want to share some info on a couple of the ones we have now? Well, yeah, we're really excited because uh, with what we're doing, we're kind of trying to select those local community partners that we think have quality product and quality um, purpose behind what they're doing. And we want to support that. We want to help them grow. So we're working with a couple of them right now. Devin's Edibles is one with everything that she does with her quality product. And that's another great prime example of entrepreneurship right there. Also her holistic wellness line. Yes, her, um... her nutrition. Mm -hmm. So she has a couple things going for her there. Uh, we also started working with Irie Bliss. And she is a CBD and wellness center herself. So we're starting to make those connections to help them grow and reach the community in different ways. We also do PNR 420 product reviews, mm -hmm. which are so much fun. They're really fun. And so these two are hilarious <laughs> together. We hope to keep them kind of fun and funny, but we, we've got a few more on the books coming up. And each time they get a little bit better, each time they get a little bit more goofy, but we really are trying to get a message across about the products and the people making them. Well, both of you are, I don't want to say goofy, or maybe you are both at yeah. no, it's Okay, you can. But like, that's a good thing. I mean, I am too. And showing that on video just shows that you're showing the real you, mm -hmm. you know, yeah. which is going to just attract more people because both of y'all are so awesome. It's just personality. And even just from seeing you guys today, you just bring great vibes all around. It's very entertaining. Thank you. It's appreciated. You're going to be bringing a whole lot of red to the complexion here soon. You keep on talking to stuff like this. <laughs> so it sounds like you took, you know, especially... Both of you guys actually just in different ways took journeys through entrepreneurship to kind of get to the point you're at. Mm -hmm. And that's that's really like what I want to dive into right now. Mm -hmm. What do you think uh, was the hardest part of like the journey from beginning to where you are now? Um, well, I can definitely speak on my end. I was in um, retail management early in my career and um, just a hard worker my entire life. I entered the workforce um, at the age of like 14, actually, I don't know, like nine doing driveways and all of that. <laughs> you know, I had, I had purpose back then that I knew I wanted to do stuff for myself and I knew money was required for that. And there were needs out there that I could fill and help with. So it all just made sense. And I started working down that line and, um, you know, like I said, years and years of uh, retail management kind of drilled me into corporate America. Um, I was working with some major telecommunications companies, got into a lot of IT work late in my career, and it was very, um, do this for this person because you have to, you know, and it didn't really serve a purpose other than, you know, addressing a, a simple need at a simple time, you know. Um, I had the tools to do it, but it, that was it. And, um, you know, the cannabis industry presented a market to not only not only use some tools that I have that I think are very beneficial and can help people, but to, to connect with people and to make differences in what's going on, you know? I mean, technology is wonderful. It exists for all of us. I love it. But, you know, it's not as important as taking care of yourself. And that's what the businesses we're working on uh, are working with are doing. And it's what cannabis does for people. It, you know, helps you to, you know, whether it's a medical need or a recreational need, it's helping 
helping people to, you know, find peace within themselves and find a good place. And, you know, it's given me a, a passion for that. And, you know, I love doing things knowing that it's, it's for them and it's for me. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> Very good. I concur. Amen. All right. <laughs> um, let me see. For me, I'm not going to say I started at age nine, but yeah, I had to do tours around the house. <laughs> but um, it teaches I, you a lot, you know. Exactly. Some kids don't even get that. Exactly. Um, I was raised, like I said, by my grandparents, and my grandpa and grandma both instilled a very good work ethic in me as I was growing up. And I think that has a lot to do with the old frame of mind and the old way of thinking nowadays, as opposed to maybe some of the millennials and things of that nature, kind of being handed things. You have to work for it. Um, so that's the way I was taught. So when I was 15, I started mowing lawns with my uncle during the summer, and that transitioned to working for my grandpa who has a PI business, and I started working in his office doing some stuff there. Then I started getting interested into some multi-level marketing stuff because I wanted to learn more about that because I could sell a bag of poo that was on fire if you wanted me to. <laughs> okay, so that's what I was told. I own two. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> but um, I, I literally, I enjoyed what I was doing. I was connecting with people, teaching them something, mm -hmm. and then being introduced to the cannabis because that happened much later. Um, opened my eyes even more because I got to go to a conference. I got to learn more about things. I saw that the medical field that I was you know, currently in was helping people, but this plant and the stuff coming from the plant is benefiting people. And so I could see that there needed to be a shift, a change, and so I could start shifting my direction. So then I became part of a multi-level marketing company for CBD, and um, it's called Canaway. It's kind of, a, you know, it's, it's a bigger company, but again, it's a multi-level. People sometimes are like, ugh, multi-levels. But I became involved with them because they have quality product. I've seen them change so many people's lives, and I, I want to be compassionate and see those changes, you know, and help people in that direction. Outside of that, you know, we did um, an IT startup company, which brought us mainly into the industry. So we got to meet a lot of people, network with a lot of great community partners, and kind of grow in the industry. And then we decided to kind of just take it a different way. And that was kind of deciding what do we want to do for ourselves? What direction do we want to take it? How do we want to live the rest of our lives? So that was what made the change. So from when you were 15 mowing lawns to where you are now, what was the biggest kind of obstacles or challenges that you faced entrepreneurially? So I'm going to say personally, as far as an obstacle, um, let's be honest, for females, there is a little bit of an obstacle out there. I will say that being in the industry, because I hadn't really recognized it or seen it much in healthcare, maybe a couple comments or something, but switching over to this industry, I have been um, kind of taken advantage of in some different ways. And you kind of have to be, that's something that's been a huge struggle. You don't know how to approach situations like that. Mm. What if somebody's coming into your business who wants to give you guys money, but he's acting inappropriately? What do you do? Those are the things that you kind of have to learn from, and you don't know how to face those situations. So that's been one in particular for me as a female anyways. Yeah, boundaries could, I could see it being an issue, you know, like people want to be a little bit too friendly and like kind of mix the lines of, of business mm -hmm. and yeah. It, I could see that being a huge issue, but it seems like in both of your instances where you kind of hated being in retail and being a retail manager mm -hmm. and, you know, having to struggle with ha having to basically make people take you seriously to not, you know, feel like they have to make sexual advances towards you or something stupid exactly. like that, you know? Yeah. But it seems like both of those kind of molded you into, you know, who you are now. And Pagel, you, you were in uh, retail management. What would you say those years taught you about entrepreneurship? 
Um, well, they they taught me that a strong work ethic and determination is going to really be everything in life. Um, you know, there were in retail management. It's one of the more more, if not most, challenging jobs on a general level. People don't give. Um, you know, customer service agents nearly enough credit. The mental abuse, the physical abuse, you know, you have low pay. Yeah, low pay, holiday seasons, you know, you're working to get by, you had, people are picking up shifts, people are calling out of shifts, you know, because there's unreliability out there. And in retail, I noticed a lot, because I worked retail for a very long time, that they would hire people as part-time work them for full-time hours so they didn't have to pay them benefits and then as soon as you know like the busy times of the year were done they would just cut you down to like six hours a week yeah it's a it's a cutthroat business out there in a lot of aspects and um i don't know they don't get treated they don't get treated as humans it, it's really uh, a shame and you know working working in that environment all that time and seeing how all that was going that was something that I liked once I got to the management level over there at least is that I was able to then start controlling what was happening within my space you know I could create an environment that was you know fun friendly and productive all at the same time and you know that was that was something that I've tried to keep with me and I try to instill in everybody we're working with you know why do most startups fail out there it's internal conflict with the people that are working and that's because people fail to realize that if you treat everybody well it's going to be fine you know and they're just focused on greed that gets caught up in it or stress and everything else so yeah communication is key you know like Andy and I have been so busy and so stressed and it's just about like just communicating to each other when one of us is feeling that way and then it's kind of like we're good man like we're good and just pushing past it you know it's Communication is literally everything. <laughs> it's, it's, if there's like three things that anybody should just improve on as a person, it's how to talk and listen to other people. One of the best things. Um, now, did you start out in management or did you kind of climb the retail ladder to management? Oh, I definitely climbed the ladder. Um, I actually reset a couple of times as well um, as I changed through different um, you know, different industries within customer service and retail. Um, I would come in at a base level or a slightly advanced level, work in there, learn everything. You know, I, I'm one of those people who doesn't like asking somebody to do something that I wouldn't do myself. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, I was in, I became an expert in everything I did, became a uh, management level employee. And then, you know, when the time came and I was ready to move on to something new, I took one step back and then would always take two more steps forward, you know? So I'm, right now, I'm sure there's a, a ton of people in retail who are trying to climb that ladder. They want to get up, but they just don't know how. What, what would you say for advice to someone that wants to be a manager and wants to get up? Um, initiative, you know, show it. Go the extra mile. Don't be afraid to voice good ideas. You know, if you're, um, you've got a good manager that you're working with, you know, they're going to be receptive to that. You know, just, just show that you're willing to go the extra mile. But at the same time, don't get taken advantage of. Recognize the environment that you're in. You know, I mean, I had hit some, some dead-end jobs along the way where you could just tell that they were not receptive. There was not going to be the room for advancement. They were just not a good match for me. You know, and so if somebody's in this, if they want us, if you want to succeed and you're in that situation, maybe start looking for something else. It's it's scary, but it's sometimes what you need to do.
Sometimes the scary parts of life is where you grow the most. I tell people that all the time. They're like, I don't know, man. I just, I'm just so scared. I'm like, just okay. That means you got to do it. <laughs> You're absolutely right there because there's a lot to be learned from failure. There's a lot to be learned from uh, constructive criticism, and you just have to be willing to listen and then take it and then communicate that in the right ways. So that's all key and part of it. So come on here. I got a great partner. Listen to the way he was talking. Right. Moving his way on up. Best partner. Right. You, you two are a great dynamic, uh, especially with like you both have sales, but you do both like do it in different ways. You know. <laughs> I feel like in through healthcare, you learned a lot of just empathy. I did. I could see that in like every time I talk to you, although every business you work with, I could just see that there's a lot of empathy in everything you do, which is huge in business mm -hmm. right now, finally, you know? Exactly. <laughs> Empathy's starting to make a push. Mm -hmm. So where did, did you learn that from healthcare? And what did you do like specifically in, in healthcare? Yeah, so um, I learned that, I think, from my grandparents, to be honest, from the beginning. They instilled that into me as well, mm -hmm. to care about others and, you know, basic learning. Um, but then uh, healthcare obviously threw me into that compassionate thing because you care for others. You see people at their worst. You see them at their best. You see kids at their worst. You just have to, you have to find the way to make them happy, not think about the situation they're in, you know, move past that and kind of get their minds off. So you kind of learn to build into that. Um, I think I got a lot of that yes from the healthcare, but before I even did that, I was in the hotel restaurant management industry for about five, six years and did the same where actually I started in in housekeeping. I got hired for a new hotel that was opening. It started in housekeeping. We filled the rooms and without even it being open one day, they were like, hey, we'd like for you to move up to the um, front desk just based on your personality. And I'm like, oh, okay, I'll, I'll give it a crack. Not, not a big deal, right? So I do that and then I move up to Spokane, a bigger city because I was in a little town. I uh, moved into a larger hotel, was asked to be an assistant general manager at the age of 19. Wow. So now I'm an AGM at a hotel, moved up to a full-service hotel, moved into accounting, and boom, that's where that dead-end job that you're talking about happened. <laughs> because now I'm sitting down in an office with no walls, looking at the same two people, same radio station, doing the same thing every day, and I'm like, oh, I can't do this. Did you miss people? I missed interaction. I missed laughter. I missed light. <laughs> I had to. I walked up the stairs and then out of the room, and I'm like, oh, breathe. It's claustrophobic. This is what real life feels like. Yes. Yeah, yeah. So I, I mean, I learned a lot from just growing there as far as the entrepreneurship, but the compassion, absolutely, that came from healthcare and seeing what I've seen there. My grandpa too, because he was an officer. So I mean, he told me a lot. He taught me a lot. So I've I've just got to say that you know I'm sure a lot of that was or not a lot of that, a little bit of that was brought in from your experience in the field, but um, I just got to give a plug for my partner here. She is just a um, empathic, compassionate, intelligent, wonderful individual. And, you know, when you have qualities like that nowadays, you can't let other people and the world around you stifle it down and, you know, make you not let that come through. You know, I think that a lot of people in business, a lot of people who are out there, even in, you know, small jobs who are in that retail person who's just a cashier helping out at you know a fast food joint you can see that there's a spark in there and they just need to be 
uh, confident enough to, to follow it. One of know? my favorite things about, because I do Uber Eats and DoorDash on the side to make a little money, it pays like $20 an hour, $25 an hour some nights. It's, it's great, but one of my favorite things is like, I go into McDonald's and Wendy's and Subway and all these places where people like really hate their life. Like, it's sad because I just see people moping around and I just go in there and I'm like, hey, what's up guys? Like, and now when people see me, they're just like smiling at that point. Like, oh, Adam's back. Like, hey, what's up? Have you just called somebody by their name? Gone into the grocery store and said, hey, Gene, how's your day? You know, because they're saying the same thing every time. Yep. And you're like, Gene, my day's good. How about yours? And they look up at you with this bright and smile, and they're like, thank you for asking. It's, it's actually pretty good, yeah, you know? Like, oh, my God, you want to talk to me? You noticed me? Yeah. I was thinking about that. I used to be there. Yep. I was thinking about that when you were talking about retail, how, how people are just like, hey, 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 how are you? Like, the people greeting you, they're like, how are you? But they don't really care. Like, I make them care. They're like, how are you? I'm like, I'm amazing. How are you? And they're like, well, he's amazing. <laughs> I guess I guess I gotta talk to him. I can't just, I'm okay. Oh, yeah. I like tripping them up with the, how's your day moving along? And they're like, a little slow, or it's fast, or I can't wait to get out of here, you know? <laughs> it's just, it's something different. Yeah. It's not, how are you? Yeah. You're good. You good? Good, good, good. Yeah, it becomes like just robotic, like, how are you? I'm good, how are you? I'm good. <laughs> you know what's strange, and I'll say this too, coming from the healthcare community, which is a compassionate and caring community, right, that wants to help people. Mm. Walk down the hall in a hospital, okay, and try to make eye contact with 80% of their staff. It doesn't happen. It doesn't happen. Why doesn't it happen? I don't understand. But they should be training anybody who comes through orientation at any healthcare professional job to look at the person walking in the hallway next to you and just make simple eye contact, smile. If you're a cardiologist, if you're a pulmonologist, if you are just a um, technician who's there to do an x-ray for a quick moment, smile at that person. Here's that makes a difference. Yeah, exactly. We're all human beings. Yeah, I actually, I'm in the healthcare field too. And uh, this, this is a story that kind of happened to me maybe a few months ago now. But uh, I work in the lab and in between like going from lab to lab, you kind of walk through the hallway. And as I was walking to a second lab, there was a woman, an older woman, uh, coming out of the intensive care unit. And she was, she had a very sad look on her face and she was pushing an empty wheelchair. Mm -hmm. And you just kind of, you kind of see exactly what happened. And I just kind of looked at her, I'm like, I know it's, it's really hard, but I did, I just kind of like smiled and at her and, and it lifted. Yep. Her, her sad yeah. kind of frown kind of lifted a little bit. And it's mm -hmm. just a smile can really, really change somebody's day. Mm -hmm. And even in retail, when you're, when you're working as a, if you, not even as you're working in retail, but if you're a customer and you go in and it's like three hours until Christmas and, and the, the employees, you know how overworked they are. And you can see when somebody's super tired, smile at them. Mm -hmm. And that could change somebody's or day say, too. thank you. Yeah. Hey, yeah. thank you for all your hard work. Because you know, I used to do the same thing. I was, I was at JCPenney and I worked JCPenney during the holiday season. Oh, yeah. oh my gosh, tax-free time and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Insane. People throw clothes left and right and you know, it's all over the place. Nobody is appreciative of anything, but if you stopped and somebody would have said, hey, thanks for all the hard work. I know it's been a really shitty day for you, or you know, it's a really difficult day for what's going on. Yeah. I'd have been like, thanks. Man, I appreciate that. Yeah. <laughs> so we're all human. Let's treat each other Once in like a while it. I would get that, just because I, I started, um, I worked at Best Buy and I worked in the warehouse and they would have like the warehouse people come out to the front, which is loss prevention. Yeah. The, the greeters. And I'd, people would walk in and I would say, hey, what's up? 
and they'd be like, good. <laughs> just, to <see. laughs> just to see if they're paying attention, you know, like, hey, welcome to Best Buy. Oh, I'm good. I, oh, oh, you didn't, oh. No, like, I'm actually trying to have a conversation with you, man. Like, pay attention to me, damn it. I'm so bored up here. It is the age of autonomy. Yeah, seriously. It really is. And that's, that's another scary thing for entrepreneurs. I, I, I uh, listened to Joe Rogan's podcast with Andrew Yang, and he was talking about how the entire trucking industry is about to be automated. Most of retail is about to be automated. Like, all these jobs are about to go away, and... You know, people need to start thinking about that. <laughs> well, yeah, they do. I mean, the the big thing with entrepreneurs out here is we've all got a lot of friends and family. And, you know, I think what people forget is, you know, you got to support your friends and family in their endeavors. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, hopefully they're they're putting the efforts in and they're going going about things the right way, but they're not gonna they're not gonna get that leg up on the competition against those big companies that are automating everything if you know people like us don't show them the support that they need. Um, so that's something that you know we've we've been very passionate about here since the beginning of becoming entrepreneurs in in Massachusetts in the cannabis space is working with the little guys. You know, it's they need they need help, they need a voice and you know, we're happy to do it. I just shared something the other day that was that mentioned something along these lines of you know, you can help a business so easy for free. You can like their page, you can share their page, share a post, comment on a post, tag some friends. Like you have so much power on social media that people just don't even know they're not tapping into. Well, it's so funny. Um, you know, in life, we're constantly looking for ways to validate something, to validate something's value, right? Mm -hmm. Why are reviews so important out there on products? Why do they push it in your face? And why has it become such big business in the, um, the IT era? It's because, you know, we all want to feel comfortable that what we're doing, what we're working with is quality, is reliable. So, you know, going up there and putting a testimonial out for a business is huge, you know, yeah. and honest testimonials are unbelievably important because if you just go out there and you fluff somebody up, it's not going to do them good. It's not going to do anybody else good. You know, talk about their strengths, though. Put that in a good light. Yep. And then remember to follow up with some recommendations. Yep. You know, we're, we're always looking for them. If you had a bad experience with a small business, reach out to them. Like, everybody in, in a small business is going to try to fix that. And then after they fix it, go leave them a review like, hey, you know, I had a shitty experience at first. And then they mm -hmm. fixed it, and it came back. It was perfect. I love the product. Thank you so much. Like, exactly. somebody's going to see that and be like, Wow, so many companies don't do that. It's, it's the truth. And, you know, I'm going to say we did have a review for somebody. We didn't do it yet with this, but there was a product that we reviewed, and it wasn't that great. So we went back to the person and told them about the product and told them the issue, and they said, hey, you know what? Thank you so much for telling me because nobody tells me anything. Mm -hmm. They say everything that I get is just, it's great. It's a oh, great yeah, product good. to go with. It's yeah, it's and awesome. Right? Yeah. Exactly. So <laughs> I'm like, hey, you know, no, here's your feedback. Yeah. <laughs> And then, you know, kind of on that same note that you were talking about, about, you know, easy things to do for free to help companies grow, you know, that's, again, part of what we do, mm -hmm. the PNR 420 reviews, because those are free as well, because, again, these are little local businesses that are trying to grow, so we want to help them do that. So we're not going to charge you to do a review on your product. We're going to do a review on your product. We're going to tell people and tell you honestly how the feedback is, give it back out there for you, run it so people can see it, like it, and follow you, and go from there. 
How many people tell y'all that you're nuts for doing it for free? <laughs> Actually. I love it. So, because I've free is couple, more. I've but I mean, no, I mean not, not many. many. I got yelled at so much for doing media work for free, like all the Harvest Cup, the Sensi stuff. They're like, what are you doing? I'm like, you'll see, you'll see. <laughs> exactly. Well, you know, yeah. business is nothing but relationships. Yes. And, you know, we're going to do this because it's going to help out the businesses around us. We're, you know, very hopeful that they're going to in turn share those out and help us. It's mutually beneficial. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's a big industry out here. So helping each other along is going to go a long way for the little guys. Like we were saying earlier, the big businesses out there, they've got money. What we've got is we've got um, camaraderie, mm -hmm. you know, and we've got an ability to lift each other up and prop each other up along the way. So. I think we need passion. to realize, yeah, passion, but we also need to realize that it's a much bigger scope than any of us even realize. Like, we've been reading studies about how, you know, they've been calling the cannabis industry a billion dollar industry, when really it's most likely gonna be a trillion dollar industry. Yeah. And if you think yep. about it on that terms, that means that literally every business, there's room for all of us, because if we're talking trillions, even if you're a million dollar business, that's such a small sliver of that and we could all eat out here. And that's literally how I've gone about my whole process in this industry. And that's why I connect so much with y'all because y'all do the same. Yeah. <laughs> um, we do also want to throw out there that although our product reviews are free, there are some paid upgrades that people can get, of some course. longer listing times, a lot, of, a lot of extra things. And then, you know, it's only going to make sense if you take advantage of our community partner referral program uh, that we can absolutely segue into after we do a free review for you and you like what we do yes. <laughs> exactly yeah so it's it's not about doing you know everything for free but you know bringing value to people is so mm -hmm. important mm -hmm. so important when now to take it like a little bit further back when you guys were in the uh, working full-time in the jobs you're just like ah this is a dead end how did that feel how did you know that this isn't it I'm ready. <laughs> I have a good answer for this. I was down in Houston working in a hospital that I had been working in for seven years as an Echotech. So that's ultrasound of the heart. Um, and I enjoyed what I did. I really do. I enjoyed working with the cardiologists and the patients and what I did with the heart in general. Um, I was introduced to cannabis and, you know, CBD and all of the changes and everything that it was uh, making in people's lives when I went to a conference. And then I went back to work down at the hospital, and that whole week I was just impacted heavily by everything I was, I'd learned and seen at the conference, and then coming back into a, the hospital patient setting, scanning somebody's heart, hearing a doctor come in saying, hey, so how's it going? Not really quite listening to what the patient was really saying, saying, okay, well, we're going to schedule some more gabapentin, and we're going to give you more of these medications, and that's going to cause constipation, so now we're going to give you these medications, and I'm sitting there in my head, and I'm like, oh, man, CBD. CBD is great. THC education, we really need to focus more on that. And that's when I decided for me, like, that's a turning point. I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm done here listening and watching people when I know the true difference that it can make in people's lives. So I decided to make that change from down in Texas, coming to Massachusetts, and making the change from healthcare to cannabis. So it just clicked. It, it just did. Boom. It was just like, you know, I know this can help people so much better and less synthetically. And you got obsessed, right? Semi. <laughs> Just a little. I mean, I am heavily involved in the industry. I'm not huge out there right now doing tons of active, you know, active, act, act, you know, active work. But uh, we are doing what we can do here on our own aspect. But I am still super compassionate about trying to make that switch from that Western medicine to Eastern. That whole, that needs to be done. Mm -hmm. 
Um, you know, on on my end, it's a little bit a um, little bit different. Um, I've uh, I don't know. I don't even know where to go with this. How did you, um, you feel when you were working 40 hours? What did that feel like? <laughs> Sorry, I don't mean to laugh, but 40 hours? That's oh, hysterical. Yeah, so I was retail management, remember? That was like 65 hours a week, yeah. uh, the salary of somebody working about 30. Um, so that that left a bad taste in my mouth. I was getting ready to move on from that. I had moved over to corporate America. Uh, I was working for a telecommunications company. I was with them for seven years and then got laid off and then moved over to my IT job, which really put things in perspective because uh, during this time I was working, I don't know, 50, 55 hours a week on a salary job again for somebody else who, um, it was a small IT firm, and so he was the owner. He was a small business owner, but he was not a good small business owner. He really wasn't. He, um, he would regularly tell us that he could quit tomorrow, he could close the shop tomorrow and be fine for the rest of his life. So, you know, it was his little playground. And um, working 55 hours a week for him, and then while we were doing our, um, our stuff with our previous company here in the cannabis industry, I was, doing all that while working those 55 hours a week. And one day, yeah, one day I was in a moment of extreme burnt outness. I just was like, I'm done. You know, it's time to just do this for me. And um, moved on from that job. That was the, that was the point that I realized I, I needed to. And then I worked in that and I got to say, um, even though I'm not with that company anymore, um, the, the one I entered the cannabis industry in, in it for, I did realize all you need to be successful in business is determination, okay? If you have a drive to succeed, you're gonna find a way. And then if you are lucky enough to have an amazing partner who's there that you can work with along, alongside, <laughs> you're gonna get there. But I mean, really, you know, look at, look at the people who are successful in business. They're not all the smartest people. How many of them didn't go to college? How many of them? Yeah, I'm not a medical <laughs> laboratory scientist. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's nothing. No, but it's, it's, it's really, it's a drive and a desire to fill a need and do it right. And as long as you possess that, which I feel like I do, I am, you know, I was ready. How much do y'all keep each other like in check kind of, you know, like? If, if like, because he, I mean, way more so me than him. I'm way hot-headed, way hot-headed about stuff, and he has to talk me off a ledge a lot of the times, and I'm like, okay, I'm good now, you know? <laughs> no, I get it. Dynamics are important, especially in a partnership. You never know how it's going to work. So what's unique about us is, of course, we've got to work together a little bit before, you know, starting our own thing together. Mm -hmm. um, we're both Geminis. His birthday is May 23rd. Mine is May 24th. <laughs> so what? our personalities yeah. are very, <laughs> they are very similar. Mm -hmm. So we will catch ourselves at times, like one person is, you know, down on themselves, but the other person's picking them right back up. And then the next day, it'll be complete opposite. And we're mm. doing the same things. And we're like, all right, let's keep going. So we are con constantly driving forward. So I got to say, that's, that's fantastic, keeping each other in check that way. Mm -hmm. A lot of people do get a misconception that Pagel and I are together. But we're not. <laughs> you guys love each other very much. Yes, I yes. do. He's but my best friend, very good friend and business and partner. Business partner. <laughs> yes. People but, need to understand that. Yeah, like, exactly. It's okay for a male and female to work together and not be <laughs> dating people. <laughs> yes, yes. But they are... Uh, 
I love you guys. Oh, I we appreciate it. I can't tell you that enough in this whole thing. Listen, we don't, we, we understand though and don't blame it. We're both very attractive people. It's, we look great. True. So it's, you know. <laughs> attractive. So hard. So humble. Driven people. So humble. But I keep them in check pretty well. We make sure that we stay healthy and work out. Yeah, you know, she does. She does a great job at, at reminding me of many of the little things that I forget through the day. And like she was saying, I try to do the same when, when she is. It's like being the yin and yin and yang and yang, <laughs> you know, and we just kind of <laughs> like, which one, which one are you right now? All right, I see oh, you. I got it. Today. All right. Yeah. I know where I'm at. <laughs> so did you guys, before you partnered up, did you try any solo entrepreneurship? Personally, myself, no. Um, like I said, I do distribute for Canaway, so I am um, a. Which is a huge network marketing teaches you a lot about. Yeah, it really does, and everything's at your fingertips. It, they really do, and I'm not going to go into it, yeah. but. Don't do that, people. Don't judge a book by its cover. Yeah, do more research exactly. because not all of the MLM people are doing it right, but there are people who are doing it right, and those people who do it right are killing it and learn a lot to end up killing it in other ventures like what you're doing. Yeah, <laughs> but I will say that um, multi-level marketing is where I started. I did um, some tastefully simple selling, which is like one or two ingredients or less of food, and then I did the CBD can away. Um, but other than that, I didn't try any other startup stuff on my own outside of working with an ex of mine on some catering and a salsa business and that was it so not you salsa dance salsa? But the, <laughs> i can dance a mean salsa <laughs> but i don't know about making it <laughs> and i don't know what the statute of limitations is on them coming after me for this but you know when i was a little kid like i said i started early out there i had my own snow shoveling business i had <clears throat> employees uh, that were my friends. Uh, they, they got a little, they got a small cut. I got the larger cut. I supplied all of our, you know, materials. I made all the arrangements. I love it. I was, I was seriously, I was a hustler. I know. I'm 37. I was like nine at the time. I mean, I was six at the time. So we can separate it's like over 30 years. Um, so I think we're okay. Um, but yeah, no, that was really, you know, the entrepreneurial effort. There's a lot of those little side businesses when I was a kid, you know, trying to get some stuff going, but that's it. So, so when did you guys have that moment, that click together? They're like, oh, we can do this. We can make this thing happen. Well, um, when me and Rhiannon were working together kind of early at our first endeavor in the cannabis industry, um, I said to her, I was like, you know, whatever the future holds, if, um, if you want to do something else, I'm, I'm, I'm ready and I'm, I'm willing to do it with you. Uh, I could just tell right away from the person she was, I felt her drive matched mine. Um, you know, her desire to help people matched mine. And there was just uh, so many synergies there that it was, it was making sense. And I was pitching it on it from her from that point on. <laughs> He's exactly right. He kept throwing that out there. You know, you know, if you ever want to do anything together, we can always do something. And, you know, finally one day I was like, I think today is that day. Mm. So let's talk about this idea. Let's examine it more closely. Let's think about the direction. What do we want to do? What do we want to showcase? How do we want to approach it? And that's when we kind of sat down and we're like, all right, we're going to do this. We're going to make a step. We're going to create our own company and we're going to become our own bosses. We're going to help in our own way. Mm -hmm. So now we have control over what we want to do, which is fantastic, especially when you have a fluid relationship. It works yeah, out. Pay attention well. to the people around you. You know, like it was likewise with Andy. <clears throat> he was building up Silver City Acres last year, and he was. Did you ask for help, or did I just? I don't even remember. You just offered it. Yeah, yeah. I was just. I think I just was like not doing much last summer. Like I was just like kind of in this place of like, 
I don't know what's mm -hmm. going on with life. Yeah, I'll come mm -hmm. help you. So I'm just laying out compost and talking to him about entrepreneurship mm -hmm. and like all this stuff that I learned from AT&T. And, you know, he's talking about how he's, I think you had just stepped down or you were just about to step down. Like you were on the verge talking about how much you like weren't enjoying your job. And both of us were just on the same page. And then we we're just one day he was like, hey, nobody else has a podcast around here. Should we be the local podcast? And I'm like, Okay, yeah. so we opt into it, and it was very <laughs> not smooth <laughs> in the beginning. Transition, oh, yeah. no. So, like, we didn't have video for the first, like, 11 episodes. Not because we weren't trying, <laughs> but just because it would always go wrong. Aww. And we just kept building and building and pushing through it and pushing through it. And then it was, like, the farm bill passed right before. Actually, um, I found out about it, like, on the way here. And I, I said to Andy, like, hey. Hemp just got passed. <laughs> hmm. <laughs> like, hemp is more profitable than lettuce. <laughs> <laughs> Different kind of green. <laughs> it's very true. And hemp just, is going to be huge. So, it, yeah. it really is. And it's I, like, like we said before, there's no scope on it. Mm -hmm. There really isn't because like the reports we've been reading, they're just saying, you know, the black market itself is estimated at 200 to 250 billion dollars. And that's estimated, so unless it's probably like $500 billion, <laughs> you know, so, and then you, 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 you factor in uh, the pharmaceuticals that cannabis and hemp are going to uh, displace mm -hmm. and how much money is going to be lost there mm -hmm. into cannabis mm -hmm. spent directly, and that's how you get to a trillion dollar market, and like, they're just, uh, ah, man. Yeah. Right now, CBD is like caffeine in the 40s, before it really boomed. There was, a, there was a negative stigma. But way back, we look at coffee, back when it was like first discovered, it was, uh, it was considered a Muslim drink, and everybody around was like, no, 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 if you drink that, you'll go to prison. Mm -hmm. And eventually people started thinking, this is amazing. Yeah, coffee is great. In like the late 1800s, coffee companies started forming, and then it wasn't until like right before the Great Depression in the 1920s and the illegality of alcohol mm -hmm. that coffee started booming. You know, and if you look at the trends of now, yep. we are unfortunately heading towards uh, financial demise as a country, <laughs> and there's something afoot, and uh, <laughs> cannabis is booming in the wake of that, and the legality of cannabis. Mm -hmm. So, very similar paths here. Yeah, that's <laughs> interesting. Absolutely. So, when you guys jumped into the cannabis industry, what did you guys? What were you doing for income? Did you just say, you know what, these jobs? <laughs> Here we go. I'm gonna have to. Yeah, what what am I gonna Was do? Was that an answer? For money. The nervous laugh, like yeah, kind of. Was it the answer? Uh, yeah. Um, so, when I walked out of the hospital on my last day, I have a video on my phone, and I'm like, that's it. It's my last day of healthcare, awesome. and I'm marking it right now. And goodbye, it's been great. I'm going into cannabis. Oh, and that give was me the it. chills. So after that, um, I have been working with my just Canaway CBD line on the small. I don't make a big amount on that. This is a small because literally I don't push it. I just try to educate about it. So I make a small little tiny bit off of that. Mm. But before I left Texas, when I moved up here, I sold a house. And so with the selling of that house, I was able to have a little bit of a nest egg to live upon while I was able to work with the other company, transition into this company, and now be able and to carry us Exactly, yeah, it just kind of falls into place.
You, you were like, I'm leaving, and life's like, ah, oh, cool, good job. Here's some money so you can survive and get to your next thing, and here you are. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, and on my end, like many entrepreneurs out there, it's, you know, it's a struggle. It really is. There's no denying it. Um, you know, you, you make some concessions in life. You know, you don't go out and spend money as freely as you once did. Um, I tried to make sure I had enough saved away that I could feel comfortable and well covered. And then, you know, outside of that, it's just been, you know, hustling along the way, helping people out where they need the help, capitalizing on the opportunities that have presented themselves, and, um, you know, always trying to stay a step ahead of things. Um, but it is, it's, it's, you know, you're, you're always looking like a couple of months out and you're like, we'll be fine. Yeah. Like I literally, I, I just thatched for six hours yesterday, like thatched up a front yard and like, I'm not a landscaper, but I need money. <laughs> I, I take some solace in the fact that I have IT experience and, mm -hmm. you know, people need IT services all over the place. So, yeah. you know, I've got that little, little fallback. <laughs> I was listening to a, a mentor of mine. He was telling us his, a story. I don't know him personally. He's just like a, in the ether kind of mentor. And he was saying how what we have in the United States and Europe, I mean, civilized places, is we have a, a real expectation of being alive a year from now. We can plan what we're going to do and or plan on having good health. There's a lot of countries, there's a lot of people in this world right now that don't know what they're going to eat tomorrow. So to, an kind of hour. Like, yeah, to, to be able to say, okay, I'm gonna take a step back. This job is killing me, it's radiation. Every day I go in, I'm getting more cancer. I'm gonna stop that and I'll find food tomorrow. I can, I can, I can deal with not having the best riches. I can, I can survive. Now let's just be happy. Let's live on being happy. Yeah, entrepreneurship has definitely taught me to be happy with what I have. And and, yeah, happy and humble, I mean, it's... Exactly. 50 cent, 50 cent loaf bread. Uh -huh. yeah, hit, uh, and chickpeas. <laughs> you get chickpeas? We do, we do chili dogs a lot. Yeah, yeah. Economical. <laughs> Not the best for you, but some fuel in the tank. Yeah. That's right. You gotta eat. So do you guys have any mentors or have you had any really standout mentors along your journey? Um, I definitely have two that stand out to me in my life, um, or three. Uh, my father is, um, we've butted heads a lot in our life, but he is a hard, hard worker. He's one of the hardest workers I know. If he doesn't have an answer for you, he'll tell you that, but he'll tell you he'll find you somebody who does. And that's something that I've taken with me in my professional ca career always. You know, I'm not going to know everything, but I can admit that and I can get help and I can get you that. Yep. Um, and then um, my, uh, my teacher in high school, uh, Mr. Aranakis, um, he, he pushed me to succeed and overachieve when I had him in my freshman year. And then in my senior year, when I was slacking, he let me feel the consequences. I was in calculus honors AP and he gave me an F because I failed to prepare for something and it was the difference of uh, 64.5. He could have rounded up or down and he's like, if your effort was there, I would have given it to you. And I was like, all right. Uh, so that shaped me a lot. You know, it was a good life lesson. And then my first, uh, my first boss um, at, um, at this coffee shop that I had, um, this was my first job when I was 16. I had my working permit and everything. Mm -hmm. And um, <laughs> he, he was the one who taught me you can have, you can have fun 
and be productive. You know, it's, it's a culture that you have to build. You have to set the expectations high. You have to live up to that bar and you have to treat people well while you're doing it and it'll all start flowing. So those would be, probably be the three, three biggest ones for me. Um, up until I met my business partner and she, you know, oh, you turned down the rest. Uh, it changes when we get in the car. <laughs> uh, so influencers for me, um, I definitely would have to say my grandparents because like I said, they raised me, shaped me into who I am today and what I've been able to become. So I, I absolutely hats off to my grandparents. I love you guys. They'll never watch this because they wished I worked in jelly beans. Um, <laughs> um, so my grandparents are a great influence. Um, my mom, actually. My mom and I had not ever really had a very close relationship because my grandparents raised me. And um, she just kind of came back into my life about five years ago. And we're really building a good relationship there. But she has been extremely supportive about uh, me being in the cannabis space and now breaking free from what I was doing previously and moving forward with my new great business partner that she approves of. So <laughs> she's been a great uh, supporter as well. Um, finally, I would have to say um, Valerie Alazio. She actually is one of the people that I work with within my Canaway group. She is a fantastic woman who just really cares so much and has passion about educating people about CBD getting the word out there, and then she will take the time, and no matter in her busy day, whatever country she's in, and stop and talk to you and take your phone call and message. So she's definitely somebody I look up to as well. Do you listen to any, like, podcasts or anybody? Yours. Hey! <laughs> just, just the one. Just, just you one. guys. The That's only it. one. Do you, you hear that? <laughs> um, let's see. We, we've got the Young Jerks. They, we listen to them a little bit. And then we've got um, the AA for Entrepreneurs. Um, honestly, I'm going to say outside of that, oh, the Greeners on the Groove, we listen to their stuff. Uh, they watch their interviews and such. But outside of that, me personally, no. Uh, yes. My head is down doing everything else right now. Yeah, the um, heads heads in front of the computer screen, plugging away, doing stuff most of the day. What do you listen to in the car? Uh, what I listen to in the car is um, Rhiannon. No, but yeah, that's you just wrapped him the whole. That was a long, <laughs> long rap. If you wrapped him that whole hour and twenty here. No, it was. It was mm -hmm. long. He was pretty tired about that. <laughs> yeah, no, it's 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 a good time. No, but it's a, it's a, we spend so much time when we're driving places together. It's a lot of business chat. You know, I'm sure you guys know. You know, the life of life of the entrepreneur. It's it's constantly refining your craft, working, trying to you know get better, do more for the people you're working with. And um, what do you listen to in your car? Just podcasts. Oh, okay. Yeah, no, no. music. Sometimes I don't listen to anything. Me too. People tell I me do I'm, that too. People tell me I'm insane for that. They're like, how do you listen okay. to no music? How do you drive with no music? I'm like, what do you mean? I'm <laughs> taking the mic. I'm just, the I'm just yeah. going in there right now. I'm diving deep in my brain. So I'm going to comment on that. I have people legit get into my car, okay? And I don't have music on or whatever or something. And I'm just driving. I don't even realize. But I'm just thinking. I'm in my space or I'm just enjoying the scenery and everything I'm driving by. Mm -hmm. And they will be like, that's so weird. Are you angry? Is there something wrong with you? Are you sad? Angry? Yes. Yep. And I'm like, yep. no, I'm just in my mind right now, in, enjoying life. Every time I yeah. podcast on, I'm just like in my mind anyway. <laughs> it's just there. It's just, it's just better than like 
you know, some hip hop song telling me to murder somebody in the back. You know, like, yeah. I don't know. Just, <laughs> See, that is, that is, <laughs> once in a while. That is true. That's tough with a lot of the music nowadays. When you are listening to it, the lyrics are so distracting. Yeah. What I do actually when I am listening to music, and I'll do this in the office, I throw on some Frank Sinatra radio on Pandora. And yeah, it's just, you know, it's got that nice, soothing, mellow. It kind of. Michael Bublé. Yeah, Michael Bublé radio. <laughs> um, but it, it, it takes, you know, yeah, like 15 million things bouncing around in your brain and it kind of slows everything down a little bit so you can pick the one or five that you want to work on at that moment. Yeah. 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 About a month ago, maybe two months ago, uh, no, maybe November, whenever that was, I ended up doing a, uh, I quit music for a month and just to see how I would, how I would respond. And within like two days, my productivity went up. Like I used to listen to music when I drive and I changed to audiobooks and then just podcasts and I started kind of using my drive time as learning time instead of just time. yeah something to distract that part of my brain that enjoys music and it was I actually kind of getting inspired to do the same thing again because I've been listening to music. I think it's a, it's a great outlook. It's a different outlook. Um, but what do you do then to kind of keep your mind off? Is it the podcast that keep your mind from not thinking too much? Because I think listening to a podcast, you know, my mind would be going. So do you ever take that moment to shut everything off? No. And then right when I write. When you write. I try. Yeah. I'm, I'm literally, I sit there like with my, I'll be like with my son and just like be playing and still thinking about business. I'm like, <laughs> something is fucking wrong. Like people like have their addictions. Like some people are addicted to drugs and alcohol or whatever. Like I am heavily addicted to working. <laughs> just I'm just going, like, going. I'm laying there at night like, how do I sleep? There's so much to do. <laughs> you know, like it's, I can't. The struggle <laughs> is real. Yeah. It's hard to think of anything else when your arms are shackled to the wall. Yeah. <laughs> That's how it feels, yeah. Real. Yeah. Except for where's the key? <laughs> Hello? Pineapples. 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 <laughs> Clip. <laughs> Clip is the same one. <laughs> well, it has been an absolute pleasure sitting down with y'all. Thank you. And we'll definitely have to do this again in a few months. We love updating with the people that, that we've, we've spoken with. Um, where can people find y'all on social media? Everywhere. Everywhere. So you can primarily yeah, MySpace <laughs> at PNR Strategies on MySpace. Hey, if you find it, let us know. Um, no, but it's uh, <laughs> at PNR Strategies. You'll find us on Instagram and Facebook. There, our website PNRStrategies.com. Updates are coming soon to that, I promise. And um, our YouTube channel PNR420. Yeah, give us Make a follow, sure subscribe there, please. Yes, thank you. Yes. <laughs> Hit the subscribe. <laughs> this, has been, this, has been, this has been so much fun. <laughs> yeah, Do you guys have any other parting words? Any maybe advice for uh, people who want to be entrepreneurs? I would say some good advice is don't give up. Don't let anybody take away your drive or your ambition and stay inspired. Because when people try to come down and crush your dreams, it's going to take away your inspiration and you're just going to feel like you're done. Don't let it happen. You can do it. Rise above it. Keep your chin up. Carpe diem. Don't let people steal your sparkle. (laughs) (laughs) And, uh, you know, of course, if you need some help along the way, reach out to PNR Strategies. (laughs) We've got your back. (laughs) Thank you guys so much. You're welcome. Thanks for having us.